up, everyone? Welcome to the 291st episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I am your host, SBJ, and we are back. Will, you're back. I'm I'm back here temporarily. I got a pop quiz for you. You ready? I'm ready. Can you guess what I had for lunch today? You had uh, ramen with a side of teriyaki. Well, that would have been delicious, but you are completely incorrect. <laughs> I had two strawberry Pop-Tarts and a, well, can you say a Twix or is it a- Twixes? You know, like, because you get two in the package. Yeah, but did you pick the left one or the right one? I ate them both at the same time. <laughs> Fair enough. That's your healthy living tip for the day. Healthy two strawberry living. Pop-Tarts and a Twix. It's been, what, two weeks? I think it's been longer than that, sir. It's since before Thanksgiving. Is it? Has it been mm-hmm. that long? I'm about yep. to get on a plane quickly, like, recording this to make sure we have an episode on Monday. We're recording this at a weird time. We're recording this at, like, Sunday at night. Not Sunday. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. It is Wednesday, Wednesday 9 p.m. We're recording this, editing it. I will publish it on Monday so you guys get your normal episode. Of course, no Al, because I don't know how time zone works. Time zones work. I don't even know what well, time he it is. He goes to bed super early, too, anyways. Yeah, so. yeah. And I this this was all last minute too, because especially when I was planning this out, I didn't know when we would end for the Alola series. So hopefully people enjoyed that. Uh, this is not completely a normal episode of it's super effective. Uh, we are going to focus on news primarily. If you're worried about Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon spoilers, worry not, as we actually won't be talking about Ultra Sun Ultra Moon. I know that's weird to like come back from like a normal. This is a normal episode of it's super effective, except it's not normal, and we're not talking about. The big main series game, but I think Will has a lot of thoughts, and I've got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely have a lot of thoughts, and I've shared some of those thoughts with Micah and Irene. If you finished the series, you noticed that I didn't actually share my thoughts overall about the game, besides saying I liked it. Uh, and I would like to get Alan here. I would like to get some other voices on here. We have a new co-host that we're going to be rotating in. Hey, hey, this hasn't been vetted through me yet. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, Will's not going away, but we might be... We, we've talked about this with Al that we... While everyone seems to like Al, I like Al. Uh, we do want to try some other voices as well. So uh, we might rotate Al, Al out for some other voices. Possibly a female voice, I would say. Wow. And we should represent other continents. There are seven, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so not just Europe. I keep calling Antarctica. They haven't responded. Are you calling the right area code? <laughs> probably not. Probably not. So this is what our episode is today. Welcome. If you're a new listener, if you just discovered us because of Alola Vacation, uh, welcome. Alola Vacation. I'm sorry. Alola from Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Uh, we are going oh. to be just tackling some Pokemon news here, and then we'll wrap it up. So it might be a little bit of a shorter show. I always say, every time I say it's going to be a short show, it ends up being three hours long. So let's not do that. Let's dive right in to some news here. This is off ScreenRant.com. Pikachu named ambassador to Japanese city Osaka. Uh, I'm not completely sure what an ambassador does, but let me read the article, a little bit of the article here, and Will can... Uh, Fill me in since he's from D.C. He knows all about ambassadors. I live right next door to one. <laughs> Piju has been full of surprises recently despite having said its own name across the years of anime and video game canon. Pikachu's widened its vocabulary significantly in the Pokemon movie I Choose You where the iconic electric mouse port his heart into an emotionally charged monologue. Pikachu will show off another one of the little known skill sets in an upcoming film, Detective Pikachu which we'll get to later. And now, Pikachu's real-world political aspirations have been made clear, adding yet another selection to the Pocket Monster's already impressive resume. Toro Kano announced that Pikachu and Hello Kitty are undertaking ambassadorial work for the Japanese government via Twitter, sharing an image from the ceremony involving the life-size iterations of the cutesy characters. There's a reason that these... That this odd embrace of appointments with the Japanese government roping Pikachu and Hello Kitty to support a specific campaign, Osaka wishes to host the 2025 World Expo, which will showcase the achievements of various nations, and these fictional icons have been brought in to bolster the bid. 
Osaka faces competition from French, Russia, and Abzerjanian cities for the privilege. There we go. There we go. For the privilege for hosting the event, you so you can see why the powers that be are leaning on the Japanese culture icons to promote their cause. Uh, and there's a little bit more to the article there, but Pikachu is now uh, political, I guess, right? Well, I mean, there's different kinds of ambassadors. Did they give him a specific type of ambassador title, or they just, they, they just say he's Osaka's ambassador to the world? Uh, I think just Osaka's ambassador. I don't think there's a title here. Not yet, oh, at least. Then he'll be uh, negotiating peace agreements and trade, <laughs> you know, restrictions and, you know, representing the Osakan city government all over all over the world. Well, I guess, I mean, usually ambassadors are posted to a specific location, but who knows? Pikachu is very, very, I guess if Pikachu and Hello Kitty are dividing up the work, yeah, they can right. each take a hemisphere. Northern or Southern hemisphere. I wonder when Pikachu, because I do live, I would say, you know... You know, you know where Burley is. Burley, yeah. I know Burley Street. <laughs> and how you have that cemetery there? Yes, yes. That distance from my house is uh, the the Japanese ambassador's residence. Do you think you can walk so, over there and set up a meeting for Pikachu? Well, uh, well, I'm. I wouldn't say I could walk over and set up a meeting, but I believe if Pikachu does come that he, to DC, he will stay with the ambassador oh. you know, at his residence, and I'll walk over and you know borrow a cup of sugar and say hello. Right. Yeah, and then like let him know where the Tauros spawn is in Pokemon Go to make sure that he gets the only North American exclusive Pokemon. Absolutely. I know right. exactly where it is. <laughs> but I do I do walk past the ambassador's residence probably once a week, so I'm well familiar with the grounds, location. I, not the grounds. You can't see the grounds. They're hidden. Well, I mentioned Detective Pikachu there. We got some news here, both off Hollywood Reporter, so I don't know how right or how trustworthy Hollywood Reporter is. I don't know where they get their sources from. I mean, it's a pretty reputable magazine. All right, all right. It's been around for a long time. Okay. So the first one I have is from November 29th. Pokemon movie finds its female lead with Little Big Lies actress. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever seen this actress, but if Catherine Newton, who appeared in HBO's Little, or sorry, Big Little Lies, my mistake, has nabbed the female lead for Legendary's live action movie. The Get Down star, Justice Smith, was picked as the male lead for the movie based on the gaming franchise project titled Detective Pikachu, just wrapped an intense session of reading and testing the actress who would appear opposite him. Stranger Things star Natalia Dreyer, Haley Lou Richardson, who broke out earlier this year with M. Night Shyamalan's Split. Mm, I don't know if that's the best movie to break out on or best director. Did you see that movie? No. Well, I I don't know. I heard good things. Little to no faith in faith in any M Night Shyamalan movie. Dude is hit or miss. There's no in between. It's either real good or real bad. Very true. And Thirteen Reasons Why star Catherine Langeford were all in the running role. I don't know any of these people. I'm not I'm not hip on the movie scene. Oh, that last one's not a movie. It's a TV show. I watched the whole thing and regretted. Every minute. <laughs> Not Newton, recommended. Uh, Newton, who had a big fall role in Lady Bird and Three Billboards Outside Ebbington, Missouri, both movies generated major awards buzz, is now in negotiation. The concept of po- oh, this, the concept of Pokemon Will, if you didn't know, is was it was initially a card collecting game as well as an anime. That's not true at all, Hollywood Reporter. Wow. Uh, Sees players acting trainers to collect cute and powerful monsters called Pokemon in order to compete in battle tournaments. Pikachu is a species of... I I need to read this because I think it's funny. Pikachu is a species of Pokemon. Uh, I guess that's okay. It is the mouse Pokemon. While Detective Pikachu is a character, the character is a particular sort from the Pikachu set, a self-styled investigator who befriends a human boy, and together they solve mysteries. The role Newton nabbed is for Lucy, a sassy journalist who goes on an adventure with the boy, played by Smith, a Pikachu who will be motion-captured creation for the movie in the Pokemon universe. 
Lucy also has her own Pokemon sidekick, a Psyduck. It is not known if it will appear in the movie. Production is to start mid-January in London with Alex Hirsch and Nicole Perlman writing the latest draft. Universal will handle distribution for the live-action film outside of Japan. Toho will handle the distribution in Japan. I have so many questions. This is breaking news. This happened right before we started recording here today. Also off the Hollywood Reporter, Ryan Reynolds to star in the Pokemon movie Detective Pikachu. Is that Ryan Reynolds from Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Place? Ryan Reynolds, the Deadpool star, has signed to star in the Legendary's live-action movie. Reynolds joins Justice Smith, who has been seen in the upcoming Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I didn't even know there was a new Jurassic World coming out. (laughs) Of course there is. And Big Little Lies actress Catherine Newton in the movie titled Detective Pikachu, based on the gaming franchise. Rob Letterman of Goosebumps is directing the project, which is due to start shooting mid-January in London. The concept of Pokemon is a <laughs> launched as a video game. There we go. Somebody here. This is the same writer, actually, of the first one. It looks like they got, they got the facts straight the second time around. The concept of Pokemon, which launched as a video game that transformed into a card-collecting TV and music TV and movie franchise phenomenon sees players acting as trainers who collect cute and powerful Pokemon monsters called Pokemon in order to compete in battle tournaments. Well, there's a little more to that, but we'll we'll give you credit. You've improved. I just don't understand how it's 2017 and an adult who would qualify themselves as a journalist does not even understand the basic basics of Pokemon. <laughs> like... I'll give people if they say, oh, isn't Pokemon that card game? Because, you know, I think that has a lot more exposure in Target. People see the cards on the wall there. But not knowing that it's just about collecting, really, and not and battling, sure, but not necessarily about, what is it, like tournaments? Yeah, battle tournaments. Yeah, uh, not as so much. My other question, which you may be able to answer me as you've given much thought to these articles and such, is they 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 won't localize the game for us. I don't think they've come out with the promised sequel, right? Because it did end with a to-be-continued in the video game, if I recall. Or did they come out with a Detective Pikachu 2 in Japan? Not 100% sure, but if if the whole point of not releasing Detective Pikachu in English regions was because they're waiting for this movie. And I guess that makes a lot of sense. Ah, now there you go. You have logic out the answer. And I was like, why would they give us the movie if they won't give us the game? And if they, if and, the, we, we, and we talked about this like six months ago, right? Of this, we, there was rumors of this movie and legendary. I remember talking about this on the, yeah, on the show. Yeah, we did. It was a long time ago. Yeah. And because it was the whole thing about people were buying rights to Pokemon, right? And fighting yes. for the rights to Pokemon. And it's like the Pikachu wasn't that far away from those initial rumors. So unless the whole time they're just holding this game to coincide with this movie release, I think that makes the most sense. Because I remember when we were originally talking about a movie, we didn't act. We at the time we didn't know that it was going to be Detective Pikachu related. I think the debate there was would who would play Ash, and I think uh, you and I were both in agreement of if they're going to do a live action movie, you, you 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 don't touch Ash. You keep Ash to where Ash is. You you go with two new char- You go with new characters. Yeah, for this. yeah. So I, I am glad they're doing that, but I can't say that I'm particularly excited for. For this, but I don't. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll be cute. Maybe it, it will be very cringeworthy. Maybe it'll get like a fourteen on Metacritic. I don't know. I don't know this Deadpool business, but if it is the same Ryan Reynolds from Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place, that guy is very handsome, and I'd be happy to watch <laughs> him in a film. Uh, I have some other news here. Pokemon. This is off Polygon. Pokemon leaves Jeopardy const- contestants dumbfounded. Oh no. Uh, in the final moments of Jeopardy are always riddled with anxiety as content- contestants risk their winnings on just one last clue. I actually didn't know that that's how Jeopardy works. Are you a big Jeopardy fan? I, I have been through my life. I am a nerd. 
All right, all right. I feel like Jeopardy, Jeopardy was very much your game show growing up, and I feel like Wheel of Fortune was my game show growing oh, up. Oh, no, 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 no. See, this is where you've missed out. Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy are paired. They always are like... The first half hour is Wheel of Fortune. The second half hour is Jeopardy. In some locations, they swap that. In, in, in Milwaukee, it was, it was swapped. Jeopardy was always first. So just so you understand, and actually for our international listeners, the concept of Jeopardy, it is a quiz type program where people select from categories. They are provided with an answer, and then they have to answer in the form of a question to describe what the answer is. So if the category was Shakespeare's favorite cats, and then the answer that came up on the screen was Felix, you could say, who was the cat that Hamlet pet in Act 1, Scene 2? But there are three rounds that Steve obviously has not picked up on because he's not a Jeopardy watcher. I mean, I've, one, I've seen it before, but it's not my preferred game show. Yes. Round one, the you accrue, uh, you don't accrue points, you accrue dollars by answering questions properly. Round two, known as double Jeopardy, the dollar values are twice as good as the first round. And then the third round, Final Jeopardy is where you bet everything that you won in rounds one and two in your ability to guess the answer for one single question, which is supposed to be extra, extra hard. All right. I usually get it right. So now that that's out of the way, glad you explained it. Tuesday night's final, I don't know which Tuesday night, uh, but recently Tuesday night's final Jeopardy was especially anxious as, and for Pokemon fans in particular... Players had to stake their earnings on a clue about the Nintendo franchise. It didn't go well. This was the quote. This was the, is it what? the It's the question that Alex Trebek no, reads? It's considered the answer. The answer, okay. And then you provide the question. Oh, I see. So the answer that Alex Trebek reads is the desire in his childhood to catch every insect inspired Satoshi Tadari. Sorry, I've butchered that name. To create this 1996 game, read the host Alex Trebek, the corresponding question should technically be, what is Pokemon Red and Green? But Trebek would allow a much more generic answer of just saying, what is Pokemon? What is Pokemon? Yes, that would be the correct answer. As a Jeopardy fan, Will, have you noticed that? That like they'll kind of generalize it to give people a chance? Uh, it depends on on what the response is intended to be so there there are levels like if you know it's if if it's supposed to be like what country had the olympics in 1942 and you said like germany but the answer was actually prussia then they're not going to take that but it, it varies uh, so one person, Matt Preston from Alabama, answered correctly and went on to nearly double their earnings. I think they actually doubled it minus a dollar because I think they had fourteen hundred and they bet thirteen nine nine nine. That happens a lot. So that if everybody else gets down to zero and you're the guy who ends up with one dollar, you win. Oh, okay. So there was strategy There's behind a that betting component. Yes. Ooh, maybe I'm starting to like Jeopardy more. Uh, <laughs> So he answered it correctly to nearly double their earnings. Shockingly, his two opponents felt confident in their very wrong submissions, both forfeiting their sizable leads. Centipede, uh, so one guy said Centipede, which is an arcade game that predates Pokemon by 16 years. That is at least a respond I can understand, writes a friend of the site Allegra Frank, because it is both a bug and a game. Still, Marcus Gresham lost his two-day lead to that answer. Whoa, let's back up. People play Jeopardy over days? Oh, yeah. Uh, if if you win, then you get to go on to the next day. Oh, so he... And then so there's it's a not certain like, number... So he was the only person that was playing for two days? Yes, yes. Got it. And then there's a limit. So I, I don't know if it's like three or four weeks like that you can win consistently for that amount of time, and then they retire you as a champion. Um, but I also want to clarify one more other thing. You make your bet on how much of your winnings from round one and two that you're going to wager for your answer for Final Jeopardy before they announce what the answer is. They just give you the category. So they say the category is video games, and then you write down, hmm, 
I know a lot about video games, so I'm going to wager everything that I've won. Or I know nothing about video games, so I'm only going to wager $1. And then they come back from the commercial, and then they say, all right, the question is, Satoshi Tajori wanted to collect all the bugs, so he created this video game. And then you're like, well, crud, because (laughs) I really have no idea, and I haven't played video games since I was in arcade in 1983, when Centipede was literally Will Anderson's favorite arcade game. That makes more sense because Amanda Baraloo bet $6,000 on her video game category and she thought the answer was, what is Splat? Is Splat a video game? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But that probably answers the question why she bet so much on something she definitely did not know. And you Um, want one other little piece of insider knowledge? uh, Yeah. The final Jeopardy questions, much like the New York Times crossword puzzle, get more difficult as the week goes on. So the Monday Final Jeopardy is relatively simple. The Friday Final Jeopardy is really, really tough. So you're thinking on a Tuesday, with the category being video games, it's not going to be that difficult of a thing to figure out. And then again, I would think also from that answer that was given, Pokemon is not that difficult of an (laughs) answer to figure out. But that's me. Especially, maybe it would have been easier last year with Pokemon Go such in a such in the limelight. Maybe she just uh, forgot that you know Pokemon is like the number two best selling video game franchise of all time. Or we just have to have the realization that there are people out there that lead incredibly, incredibly sheltered lives. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite game show on television? Yeah, of all time. Yeah, or I think so. Of, of all time. <sighs> I'd have to say Press Your Luck is the one I probably... I mean, you have to understand that I, in the 80s, I grew up in the glory days of game shows on television where there were like three or four hour blocks of just game shows. Do you throw on GSN at home? Uh, No, because my friend Steve told me to cancel my cable. (laughs) I mean, when you did have... No, you, you didn't even have it on when you had cable. You were watching Korean soap operas. No, I was watching Japanese public television, but, which I can now do on my PlayStation 4. So, no, uh, press your luck. Definitely, that was my fave. Mm. I'm a huge fan of 1 vs. 100. Is that a real game show, though? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they made it, because it used to be like an Xbox game, right? Yes, yeah, it was a live, It was so it was a game show first, and then they, the game show I think is still going. I think they still do it, at least on GSN, unless it's all reruns at this point. But yeah, they made it into an Xbox Live live game. What 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 was it? To be a millionaire? That one is not that great. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, uh, that was really good when it when it first was out, but it it did lose a lot of its shine over time. Wheel of Fortune also, what was the up. one. Uh, Wheel of Fortune is terrible. Um, <laughs> what's the one where the lady was like really mean to people? Weakest and she link. Would ask, Yep. Weakest Link is really good. Uh, what's the oh, whammy one? The which one? The, the well, no the, whammies. Dude, no wh- whammies. The whammy. That's press your luck, dude. Oh, is that press your luck? I just, yes. I thought it was just, I thought it was like no whammy. No whammy, no, no whammy, no because whammy. Because the light, the light is going around the board, oh, right? Okay, and you okay, press okay. the button to stop it. That's press your luck and you don't want to land on a whammy. What was, uh, what's that Nickelodeon one with the, the slime? Oh, uh, with like two. Well, I mean, slime started with you can't do that on television. It but was the two families back to back. It's like Family Feud. Double Dare. Double, double Dare. Dare. Double Dare. Double Dare is really, really good. Family Feud is pretty good too, only because Steve Harvey is really funny. Well, original Family Feud, which you've never seen, that was amazing. The host was just like, he. I mean, Steve Harvey's got his qualities, but. No, back in the day, <laughs> that was because like we used to have like, I don't know what the right word is, but people would be like, try to be polite and not say rude things. And like, so then if somebody did accidentally say say something that could kind of come across as rude, then it was just like so hilariously shocking. This was, you know, 1982. So Whew. what? what's your well, last last game before we move on here? What's your feeling about the price is right? Uh, I mean, I've enjoyed it. I, I have. It, it's It's got its own, you know, charm to it and everything. I mean, it's really what you don't understand when you're younger is that all they're really doing is just advertising all the products. <laughs> but I, I didn't think about that, actually. 
I mean, it's like a new car. It's a Toyota Camry. And I'm like, wow, that's not a car that I would want, but okay. But let me tell you about all the features of this car. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And it's like they'll, they'll advertise everything because it's like, how much is this can of Goya uh, black beans in spicy sauce? And you're like, well, I've never thought about Goya black beans and spicy thoughts, but sauce, but now you've put that in my head. So I'm going <laughs> to run right out and buy some. Man, game shows are great. They were great. Speaking of games, not really a game show, but this is a good transition. Pokemon Duel. Have you played this yet, Will? No, where where would I? Isn't that an arcade game? No, Wait. it's it's a, it's it's an app in uh, I, iOS, Apple's App Store, and uh, Google Play. Wait, is it the one with the figurines? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Oh, everybody was telling me that it was terrible, so now I've heard it was bad as well. Uh, but there is an update out for po- uh, for Pokemon Duel. It's apparently pretty substantial, so I'll just go through the bullet points here that the press release sent me. Uh, it says new look and feel in addition to the all-new app home screen. The game ha- now has improved UI and a combined information and message box, making in-app navigation easier for players. Number two, new Mega Evolutions. New Mega Evolution figures for the existing figures, Sceptile, Blaziken, and Swampert. Number three, new items, Rare Metal, Ingot, and Cube. Ingot. Ingot. With the introduction of UX materials, figures can now be easily be powered up. Players will be able to further strengthen their existing figures faster and make them evolution figures more powerful. Number four, improved fourth booster case slot. The fourth booster case slot that has players can open through purchase will now be guaranteed to drop materials with the addition of the above UX materials. Players will now be able to boost their figures even faster. Uh, Update login bonus. In addition to regular login bonus, players will also receive additional diamonds, items, and or figures and improved feature duels. Players will now be able to browse by category, making this feature easier to use. Sounds like a update, I guess. I mean, it's got a lot of bits and pieces. I just hope they're doing better than Apple with their updates. Whew. And finally, the big news, this dropped this morning, so just to, it'll be a couple days old, and I'm assuming by the time this podcast will go up, the Pokemon from Hoenn will be out in the world in Pokemon Go. Oh, how exciting. So I got the press release here in front of me. I will go ahead and read it. Dis- dozens of Pokemon originally discovered in the Hoenn region are now available to discover, catch, and collect in Pokemon Go. Pokemon including Trico, Torchic, and Mudkip can now be discovered in the real world with the Hoenn region Pokemon coming in the weeks. Niantic and the Pokemon Company have also introduced dynamic weather gameplay to Pokemon Go, which will add unique ways for trainers to engage in Pokemon based on real world weather. Because now you're going to have to go out in the cold and play Pokemon Go in the snow. I guess, yeah. For the first time, an augmented reality mobile. For the first time in an augmented reality game, real-world weather will now be a factor in the gameplay experience. I actually think this is really exciting, by the way. As trainers are exploring the world around them in search of Pokemon, the current weather in their vicinity will be viable, visible on the in-game map. The real-world weather around trainers will impact the gameplay of Pokemon Go in a variety of ways, including. Changing Pokemon habitats, where they can be found, increasing combat power, and even earning more Stardust after catching a Pokemon. Ace trainers can take advantage of climates to level up their Pokemon Go experience. Trainers looking forward to finding Mudkip splashing in the rain, Cacnea basking in the sun, or Snowrunt huddling together in the snow, certain Pokemon will be likely, more likely to appear in the weather that suits them the most. So Pokemon Go trainers will be excited to learn about their local weather patterns and ecology to find these Pokemon and make progress on their Pokedexes. As the seasons change, they will encounter different Pokemon, thereby keeping their gameplay experience fresh. Whether they're looking for the largest Waylord at the beach, chasing a Swablu blowing in the wind, battling alongside their Salamence, making their Phoebus feel beautiful, players will... We'll know that as soon as the season changes, Hoenn Pokemon have arrived. 
Rainy days just got more interesting for that next outdoor excursion. To learn more about Pokemon Go, please visit PokemonGoLive.com. That is the announcement. Now, I once again, I have a lot of questions. Let me hear them. So, Give me the questions. First off, I... During the colder months, I only listen to podcasts when I'm taking when I'm walking my dog, which is the only time I'm forced to be outdoors, of course. Which is probably you've probably noticed I haven't been on Twitter very much lately, but I do have the experience of trying to be on Twitter or use my phone in the rain. I have an iPhone, and when it's raining and my iPhone screen gets all wet, you know what stops happening? Touch sensitivity and responsiveness, <laughs> and it actually, like, I touch one place, but it thinks I touch someplace over there because of the water on the screen. B- what? Wh- how? Wh- what are they thinking? Umbrellas, Will. This is not 1964. Nobody carries umbrellas I anymore. I agree with you. Uh, I will say, though, like, I guess if it's raining outside, those Pokemon will still spawn in your house. I mean, I or hope like it's not if raining in your house. Or like if you're in a, it like if it, it just has to be raining in your zip code, right? So if you're in a mall and it's raining, you're still going to get those spawns. If you're in, uh, if you're in a I movie theater, Milwaukee land of the malls. If you're if you're in uh, a movie theater and it's snowing, you're still going to get like snow runt uh, spawns and everything. I'm assuming. I just, I still can't believe that the umbrella industry hasn't gone completely bankrupt after the invention of, you know, hooded jackets. But, all right, so that's just my question one. And fine, you've got your rationale for what may or may not be happening. Question number two, if I am outside in this weather, walking around trying to collect little Pokemons, why do I need to see the weather on the screen of my phone for the map? I I just need to look up. I know what's I happening. A, I think it's a neat little feature. I mean, are there people who are like, just like have some sort of inability to detect the weather that's around them and they just need to be informed on their screen? It's like, it's hey, raining. My, my parents still watch the local news to get the weather for the week. It blows my mind. Well, where else would you get the weather for the week? Your phone. Eh, they don't have like fun people. They don't have fun. Okay. Let's start a business together where we do live weather push to people's phones. Yeah, there's a place that did that. It's called the Weather Channel. I just don't understand people who can sit and watch the Weather Channel for more than, say, four minutes. Because <laughs> my dad used to watch it for about four or five hours in a row. He just had that on, and he'd love to just sit there and stare at the Weather Channel. I'm like, wow. Ugh. Maybe they'll have special Pokemon Go segments on the Weather Channel now. All right, my follow-up question. I have one more question for Okay, you. okay. Do how cast form? Can I get the little cutie cast form now? And do if I get cast form, is he going to change depending on my weather conditions? Or do I have to catch different cast forms in different weather conditions? Come on, how does you're going to have Pokemon to catch Go different cast forms in different weather conditions. That is what? definitely how it's going to work. Just like if you want what? all the unknown, you got to catch all 26. No, but that's different. Because what? it's like what, one cast form, his ability is supposed to be... I mean, are we, aren't we supposed to be introducing Pokemon abilities now? Gen 3. Uh, they said nothing about abilities in the press release. Because I, I need my sunny day cast form and my rainy day cast form and my sandstorm <laughs> cast form. So I have a, I have a couple theories. So do you remember when they changed the raid tier boss list? So all the raids, I all the certainly ra- do not. Okay, so so you remember the raids though? It was like you go out, you can get uh, there's you can do a Snorlax raid, you can do a Tranchar raid, you can do a Lapras raid, you could do uh, a Chick- uh, Bayleaf raid, Quilava raid. So there was a bunch of raids, right? And then I, I Meg- believe you, Magmar, Electabuzz. Those were raids too. They changed all those raids about. A month or two ago, to Pokemon like Sableye, Marowak, Tentacruel, Sandslash, Machamp. Uh, well, Machamp was already there. Um, Omastar, Scyther, uh, Polyrath, Victory Bell. So they changed a bunch of the raids. And people were like, why did they change the raids? Uh, none of these Pokemon are new. We, most of us have completed our decks. And really, the people raiding at this point in the game. They're not raiding to fill their Pokedex. They're raiding because that's the only thing to do when you're done filling your Pokedex. Uh, and if, if 
I guess if you're still hunting your Pokedex, it might be an easy way to get like a Sand Slash or a Cloister or something. But also at the same time, if you're still playing Pokemon Go, you probably have that stuff. Maybe you just started though. Anyways, so they changed all this. My theory was they changed it all because Gen 3 was coming and that these Pokemon in particular are going to be harder to find, right? Because if you're only spawning two to three Pokemon every 20 minutes in a specific area, you're going to have less likelihood that it's going to be a Cubone because it might be uh, a Cactia instead. Sure. Uh, so that's my theory there. My, my, my new theory now, uh, as, while I still believe that, I'm curious if these Pokemon on the raid list are affected by weather. So are you only seeing Tentacruel in the rain? Are you only seeing Sandslash when it's super sunny out? Are you only seeing Cloister in the snow? Uh, and so on and so forth. And maybe that's why, why these, these Pokemon in particular were picked. Because it is kind of odd why they were picked instead of others. Like Ninetales, maybe you're only seeing that in the sun. Omastar, maybe you're only seeing that in the rain. And this, we already know that Generation 1 and Generation 2 are probably going to be less spawned less frequently in priority yes. of Generation 3. So I wonder if the Pokemon picked for the raids are not only going to be spawned less frequently just because of Gen 3, but they're going to be spawned less frequently because of Gen 3 and because of weather. That's and they're kind going of... to be tied to weather conditions, sure. What's interesting, too, now that you bring it up, one of the Pokemon weather conditions is Sandstorm. And how many places do we have that have Sandstorms around here? I have screenshots and videos of the dynamic weather. I can tell you what all the weather is. We have cloudy, we have foggy, we have rainy, snowy, sunny, and windy. Those are the six weather conditions. Oh, maybe windy. Interesting. We'll have to see how that plays out. Well, I mean, they said Cacnea is only sunny. So I guess it's uh, another thing to note is it's going to be one of the six weather conditions, right? It's not like yes. there's not going to be a weather condition. I think, though, like overall, this is really cool. We know that Hoenn originally introduced weather conditions. That was one of the big things. It also introduced double battles. 50 Pokemon originally found in the Hoenn region will be able to be discovered, catched, in Pokemon Go. So we know we're only getting 50. How do you feel about just getting 50 and not all 100 or however many Hoenn has? They're finally learning their lesson and not 135. Yeah, they, 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 they can't just do it because they need to spread this out for a couple more years. They've been rushing too fast. Because you know what? Once they catch up, once they get all 801 or however many we got now, they're not, they're not they can't make their own. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. So, maybe like 50 every six months is good, is reasonable, is a, a, a nice goal for people to be able to collect. The Rare Candy was such a bad item in retrospect i'm sitting on 300 rare candy i can quickly if that i must be real uncomfortable I, I i can quickly if i wanted to probably fill these 50 pokemon pretty quick pretty fast because when you say 50 original pokemon found in the hoenn region you 10 of those are already the starters i'm rounding up uh nine okay nine of 50 are starters mudkip marsh tomp swampert swampert so one twenty percent twenty percent of the new Pokemon are are starters at this point. Yeah, that's true because they did specifically say that they were going to have those three, and then they if said, they do, they said Cacnea. They said Cacnea, yeah. so I'm assuming that's it. They said Swablu, so we got Swablu and Altaria, so you got Cacnea and Cacturn. So that's nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. They said Salamance, so that's sixteen Pokemon right there. They said Phoebus and Melodic. That's 18 yep. Pokemon that we know. I'm sure, I'm confident Phoebus will be 400 candy, just like Magikarp. Waylord and Whalmer. Yep. Okay, so we have 20. So we know 20 of the 50 Pokemon at this point. And because of weather, it we have to be getting cast form, right? That, that shows off your weather condition. That cast form can be different. Yep. That's yeah, but I don't think it's going to count as four different Pokemon or three different Pokemon. No, I don't think I don't think it's going to count as others. But yeah, also just a public service announcement because there were a lot of rumors about Generation Three coming and happening, and there are fake tweets made and screenshots of fake tweets made and everything. The Pokemon Company 
and Niantic will never, ever say Generation 3. They will never say Generation 2. They will never say Generation 5, 7. They do not use those terms. Those are terms used by fans. Notice in this press release, they said, Pokemon discovered in the Hoenn region are now available to catch. They have always used words like that. Generation 3 is never, ever a company term that they use publicly. It's not, yeah, not an official term. So just keep that in mind when you're like reading stuff and, and whether or not this is official or not official. Um, Niantic's never going to say, Generation 3 is here. It's just... They have... Uh, they, I am... I am confident that Pokemon holds a real tight leash over them. <laughs> Not saying mistakes can't be made. They they definitely messed up with uh, Zapdos, but... Wait, how did they mess up with Zapdos? They they put the shiny version of Zapdos out in raids instead of the normal version. Oh, okay. I think that... I don't know. I don't even know if they've updated since. I, have no, I haven't even looked at my Zapdos. But yeah, that, that, was, that was the big news here. Uh, it looks like... If you want to get into rumors, it looks like Delibird finally has moves, so it's pro- we're probably getting uh, Delibird for Christmas. It has moves? Yeah, so Delibird has been in the API, but it never had moves assigned to it. But it only has one move. Present? Yes. <laughs> uh, probably, uh, well, it has to have another move. All Pokemon go. Pokemon have two moves. Oh, interesting. Flail? <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's charge and... Uh, charge and... Quick move are uh, new items added to the game. According to the uh, data miners, star piece, two different versions of star piece, a uh, new icon for an upcoming b- battle feature have been, has been added. So again, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we don't, just because it's been added doesn't mean it's going to be released. Cause uh, for example, generation three was added months ago or some of generation three was added months ago and it's been months since, yes. since it's been released. So, just because it's been added, just because it can be found in the, the current game files doesn't mean that it's just going to roll out right away. The final bit of news we'll talk about here is more Pokemon Go, but uh, it is Milwaukee Pokemon Go. This is off fox6now.com. I figured I'd give uh, our local news some, uh, some reporting here. Not that I care too much. It was just one of the first articles I searched for. Uh, Milwaukee County plans to settle a lawsuit from the augmented reality game developer that challenged an ordinance requiring developers to get local permits for apps like Pokemon Go to be played in in parks. We've talked about this over the last couple months, Will. Yes, we have. Under the settlement agreement, the county won't enforce the rule and will have to pay eight, eight, will have to pay 83000 in attorney fees for to the California-based developer Candy Lab Inc. Now, a reminder that even though this all started in Milwaukee County because of Pokemon Go, Niantic didn't really do much. They didn't say or do anything. They removed a couple stops, but they didn't you know, put out an announcement or a press release regarding that. They just removed a couple stops and then turned on night mode for some parks at... 9 p.m. I think, which is parks closed at 10. So I have said that's fine. It's, you know, the place closes, the place closes. So Candy Labs, which was making a different game, was the one who who started the lawsuit. Milwaukee County passed its first of the kind requirement in February because large crowds of Pokemon Go players left trash all around the park. Oh boy, they, a lot of... Is is that how we're reporting it now? Okay. It's funny because... That is how a bunch of places, I've read five or six different articles. I just pulled the Fox Now one because it was one of the shorter ones. So many people reporting that this was the reason. No, this was not the reason. I've been to all these parks multiple times for multiple weeks for a long time because clearly I like Pokemon Go. I like Pokemon. Uh, There was little to no trash in those parks. On top of, let's not forget, those parks were never ever being used as frequently as they were after Pokemon Go. In my in, in a month span of going to Lake Park, which was the park in contention, I saw one person throw a can of soda on the ground, and I immediately saw other people pick that up and put it in the trash and like kind of yell at the dude. You didn't point at him and be like, litter bug. Um uh, maybe. I think it was I think it was just shouting like 
come on, man, what are you, like, whatever. Uh, those parks were always extremely clean when I, when I went. County officials argued that the developers should pay uh, the cleanup costs instead of paying for the lawsuit, which I think is funny. A uh, federal judge in July agreed with Candy Lab's argument that the ordinance violated its free speech rights because it was developing a poker game that would be affected. A county panel un unanimously what's that word un- unanimously a county panel unanimously approved the settlement thursday and a final vote is scheduled for december 14th this wasn't because of littering though this was because of a bunch of rich people that lived next to lake county park next to lake shore park which looks over lake michigan it's very beautiful complained i mean we've all come to that agreement and like i said months ago if they would have just done nothing, Pokemon Go naturally declined. Would it, yeah, would die out. The, I mean, the other solution is just to get rid of all the rich people. Yeah, that's true. That's probably a better solution. Ban rich people. 83,000... Milwaukee's not the... Milwaukee's not great. As a resident of Milwaukee, let me tell you, Milwaukee's not great. But good, good. I'm glad that... I, I'm glad that the city lost this. But that's your tax money, dude. I know that's it's my tax money. not going to go fix that pothole in front of your house. <laughs> I'm going to go out there with my own. Uh, what do you use to fill potholes? Gravel? Cement? Not cement. No, like tarmac, I guess. Something. Asphalt. Asphalt. There you go. I'll start a Patreon tier. City cannot fund <laughs> road work. As- the asphalt tier. Oh, man. Uh, I'm sure we'll probably have one more news articles regarding this especially if there's another vote coming but seems like uh seems like they lost so good on candy labs i guess for fighting the fight because niantic didn't care fighting the good fight yeah i mean niantic is just gonna take their toys and go play someplace else and make their billions and billions of dollars so (sighs) rather than you know the city of milwaukee being insightful and maybe saying niantic how can we work with you and share in some of those billions and billions of dollars so we don't have so many potholes all over our streets Yep. Well, I think that will wrap up our show. We probably missed some news, but... We, we can get back to it. We'll have more shows. We'll have more shows, yes. Uh, so we'll be back next Monday, because we're, we're every Monday. I forgot how to end the show. It's been so long. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go pretty in-depth with uh, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon with the upcoming weeks, get some new voices, some new opinions on it. Uh, if you're worried, if you made it through this, because we did say at the beginning, no, we're not talking about Sun and Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. If you're worried about spoilers or everything or anything, keep in mind, uh, we will at the start of every podcast going forward for the next couple months let you know what we're talking about in regards to Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. So if you're worried about post game or something like that, I don't think we're we're not going to be tackling that stuff right away. And if we do for some odd reason, we will definitely let you know. So we're not spoiling anything for you. Last thing we want is to spoil stuff for you when you're just trying to enjoy Pokemon as a whole. Uh, So we'll be very clear in the future, uh, in future episodes about that kind of stuff. But I think we're going to end it there. I got to catch a flight in like 10 hours. So I got to quickly edit this and prepare this for Monday. How how do you reach me? So you can follow Will on Twitter at WashInTheSink. You can follow me on Twitter at Dragging a Lake. And of course, if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast, uh, this will go up on Monday. So if you're listening to this on Monday, uh, you'll, you could probably catch a Monster Hunter stream that Micah and I are doing on twitch.tv slash PKMNCast. Or what, what's even easier to remember, PKMNCast.live. If you want to jump over there. Uh, we will be playing Monster Hunter for 14 hours all day on Monday. If you're listening to this after Monday, well, you've missed your opportunity. And, and also, I know the Patreon uh, link is rather long, so I updated that. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can jump over to ise.cash. Uh, made that very easy to remember. I is in its, S is in super, E is in effective, dot cash, like the money. So ISE.cash, that'll take you to our Patreon page where you can support us if you'd like to do so. It is the beginning of the month, so it is probably, I'm assuming, the best opportunity to support us because you get the full month of support, minus the couple days you've missed, but uh, would really appreciate your support. There are 400-some slackers in Slack 
doing their slack thing, chatting, talking, uh, trading, shiny hunting, battling, doing it all. So we would love to see you there. It is uh, $2 a month to join Slack, $5 a month to get uh, exclusive access to our side podcast, which I do with Irene, called Alola Vacation. That's my little promo here at the end of the show. I also rolled out, uh, just real quick, I rolled out two new tiers. There's a Mythical tier. So if you want to see behind the scenes of Mythical uh, Season 5 and how that's being created and get some extra content when that season is done, uh, that is $25. And then if you want to become a producer, which you'll hear all the producers at the end of the show who uh, support us at $40, you get access to an exclusive channel where we talk about uh, goals for the show and how to make the show better and just suggestions and stuff. And you'll probably see the first of those workings come Christmas as we are, uh, the producers are planning a Christmas episode and it should be fun. It should be special. But if you want to support us there, uh, it will be greatly appreciated. ISC.cash. Uh, otherwise, we'll get better. I know you're sick right now. Sniffles. Can I can I hype something? One thing. Hype it up. The individual who makes all of the most of the music for this program, I think. All of Does the music. Nick Burgess at this point. do most. All right. He has an album coming out on this Friday. So if they're listening to this on Monday, the album is available, and people can go to nicholasburgess.bandcamp.com to get access to those sweet sweet tunes. <laughs> I like his music quite a bit. I do and I too. I think if other people do, that's where they can go to find it. Good call. I'll throw that in the show notes. Uh, and with Excellent. that, and with that being said, uh, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Super Effective was created and produced by me, Steve Black Jr. Logo and artwork were also created by me. The music at ISC was created by Nicholas Burgess. If you enjoy ISC, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcast or just tell a fellow friend about the show. ISC is my current job right now, and I need all the support I can get to keep doing it weekly. If you'd like to support ISC, you can do so on Patreon. You can support me by heading over to isc.cash. For as little as $2 a month, you'll gain access to our Slack community where you can battle, trade, and chat with other trainers. And for $5 a month, you'll gain access to our bonus anime podcast. A quick shout out to our producers of this show, which include Robert, Kevin, Albert, Mason, Kay, and Cygnus. Thank you all for listening.